Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, hello. What's up, everybody? If you see me on TV or on the app and I still got my backpack on, it means it's because I'm right on time. <laughs> Welcome in. No one's now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Appreciate you for tuning in here on this Tuesday. Of course, as always, plenty to get to. If ever there's a day where I say we don't have anything to talk about, I don't know. I guess that's the day this show dies or something. But there's always something to talk about in the wide world of sports. And we're going to get into a bunch of stuff today. Uh, We've been trying to keep up with basketball as much as we can. It's so hard when you're finishing up football, you're finishing up fall sports. I mean, there's there's a couple fall sports still going, namely the Montana State women's volleyball team is still playing. They lost in heartbreaking fashion in the Big Sky Championship game. Five sets to Weaver State. It was a thriller. It was really fun to watch. And they accepted an invite to the National Invitational Volleyball Championship Tournament, which is basically like the NIT of uh, Division I college volleyball. So uh, if you don't make the NCAA tournament, that's the one you want to get invited to. The Cats did. And uh, don't look down, but they won two games. So they beat Pacific, and then they also beat Sac State on Sac State's home court. First time in a long time and only the third time in program history. So they're still playing. Uh, They're in the great eight is what they call it of the uh, National Invitational Volleyball Tournament. So we'll actually hear from Matt Houck, the head coach of Montana State Volleyball, tomorrow. But we're going to get you caught up on a whole bunch of different storylines 
from around the state of Montana today with a focus on some basketball and then, of course, plenty of focus on some football as well. We're going to talk all the way around all of the... uh, It's been a bad couple weeks at Montana State. Let's just say that. The Cats were riding so high across the board. They had... You know, I mean, it was the year of the Bobcat two years in a row, basically. Two of the the great years in their athletic department's history. Well, it's been a a tough couple weeks. Is that a harbinger of things to come? Is that symbolic of a a return to the mean? Or is it just, you know, once-offs, this is what happens? We shall discuss. Where does the Bobcat football team go from here after losing on an extra point to North Dakota State? We'll discuss all that as well. We also have our Treasure State Stars, and uh, we're going to highlight several of the top uh, basketball performances. Got a couple college ones and a couple high school ones to highlight this week. Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union, where we take you around some of the best individual performances in the state of Montana by Montanans. We also have our youth sports segment this week, and we're actually going to talk to Brian Holsinger, the head coach of the Lady Grizz. So it's not actually focused on youth sports within the community, but it is focused on youth in the community that are consuming sports. Why? Because... The Lady Grizz ha- host their annual school day tomorrow. <laughs> if, if if you've never been to this and you can somehow sneak out to uh, an 11 a.m. basketball game tomorrow, I know it's tough. A lot of people are working during that time. If you can go take your lunch hour or uh, you can make it down there to Dahlberg Arena at 11 o'clock or even just for the second half of the Lady Grizz game against Loyola Marymount, you will see a spectacle times two. First of all, you'll see a spectacle because you'll see a good college basketball game. Well, Marymount's competitive team out of the West Coast Conference. Lady Grizz certainly have a new look this year with a lot of new faces, but they're finding their way, and they're a very, very entertaining team to watch. They're very um, high-octane. They, they, they're going to score a lot of points. But the other spectacle is <laughs> the 5,800 school children. They're, they're going to bus into Dahlberg Arena. I always thought to myself, I teased Bobby Houck about this, Earlier, because I, I reminded him that it was School Children Day, and of course he was bah humbug about that because that's just you know kind of how Coach Houck rolls. But I said, hey, well, I said, Coach, what's a worse job than the person that has to clean up after the school day? And he's like, I don't really can't think of it any worse job besides the person that has to be the usher and work during the school day. <laughs> he's joking, of course. It's just hilarious because the single loudest environment you will get for a women's basketball game in Montana, and this is not to take away from. The standard crowds that go to both Montana and Montana State games, they're great. They are two of the best home courts in all of the Western United States in college basketball. When they play each other, it is absolutely raucous environment. It's awesome. There's nothing louder than this school children day. I'm telling you, it is crazy down there. And it's not just, oh, sort of the the crescendos when things are going well and when things are getting tense and, and you know, cheering when you're supposed to. It's straight screaming for the entire time. <laughs> it's amazing. You have almost 6,000 kids between the ages of 5 and 8. This is just the greatest day of their lives. And I can't even imagine how many concessions that they do. I mean, they must sell $10,000 worth of popcorn. <laughs> Maybe more. I don't know. It's amazing. But uh, that's why the cleanup's so funny, though, because every kid gets some popcorn, every kid gets some candy, and then the whole place is just a mess. But it's also a great just environment because it's just constantly audible across the board. And uh, so anyways, caught up with Brian Holsinger earlier this week. We'll talk mostly about his team, but we'll also talk about school day and, uh, I mean, talk about youths in sports. There's going to be almost 6,000 Little kids down there at Dahlberg Arena, and I think that this is this is how you promote the game, right? This is how you 
help spread spread the 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 love for for basketball is just exposing kids to it early and like you, you know who knows maybe somebody will see they'll go to this game and oh wow mom I want to play some basketball and then they ask for basketball for Christmas and all of a sudden they're playing basketball so a great way to spread it among the youth and of course we'll get back to our reg- regularly scheduled program here during the height of football season we'll talk all the way around the coaching carousel out west there's always job openings this time of year, but there was a uh, in, an inordinate amount of job openings for jobs out west that had several familiar names on their lists. Well, most of them have been filled. So what does that mean for some of the big guys best? Because a lot of times when the coaching carousel is churning, we're speculating and talking about uh, who from the big sky and sometimes who from Montana, the state of Montana, are are candidates to go elsewhere. Well, there was a lot of scuttle for several of the coaches of the best Big Sky Conference teams, and uh, there was certainly um, some conversations had, but most of the jobs out west have been filled, so affiliate on all of those. There was also two job openings within the Big Sky Conference at Northern Arizona as well as at UC Davis, and those have both been filled as well. So we talked to you. We'll talk you through all that. What do we think of the hires? What do we think of all these different dynamics? And uh, then we'll keep on talking FCS playoffs. We'll also talk NCAA transfer portal. During the show yesterday, three Montana State offensive linemen, Rush Reimer, Omar Abedian, and Jacob Kettles all hit the portal. What does it all mean for the Cats? What does it all mean for the Big Sky? Uh, breaking news this afternoon. Iverson Young, who I, don't, I, I take this with a grain of salt, but according to the National Online Recruiting Services, he's the biggest recruit in Grizz history. That It's a grain of salt because there's been so many guys that didn't have star rankings that have come to the Grizz. He just happens to be from a big high school in Texas, so he got some prestigious rating. That's that's not to d- d- demean the kid whatsoever, though. I mean, he's a very talented guy. I watched him practice uh, this, this last fall camp, and uh, I, I was specifically looking – for him so I could evaluate him, and I was very impressed. I thought he was a very good prospect, for sure, for the Grizz football team. Well, his time in Missoula is very short. He was only here from July till now, so less than six months. He's into the portal, so how does that affect the Grizz? And then Jack Kelly, who's a first-team All-Big Sky selection at Weber State, one of the best linebackers in the conference, he is uh, also into the portal. Andrew, I know you check Twitter from time to time today. No need to extrapolate on anything, but I miss any of the news as we go through this stuff right off the top here. Uh, well, I- any uh, any portal entries that you saw that maybe I missed? Yeah, well, one correction. Iverson Young actually did get here for spring ball, so he's been here oh, for that's a full right. year. That's right. He was an early enrollee, right? Yeah, Interesting. yeah. He came in last winter. Uh, Teddy Buchanan, the UC Davis linebacker, oh. has already committed to Cal. Okay. Chuba Ma'ai from UC Davis, also in the portal. Their big space-seating defensive huh. tackle. Not surprising given that Dan Hawkins retired last week, but maybe a little surprising because the guy they hired, Tim Plow, is a familiar face. He's he was a just, legacy, yeah. yeah he, and he's at UC Davis uh, you know, as recently as, I guess, Chuba Ma'ai and, and Teddy Buchanan, those guys are seniors, is that right? Yes. So I guess Tim Plow probably would have been there when they were, when they were freshmen. So that's interesting. Not to go on a tangent here, but I do think it's fascinating with the UC Davis dynamic because they get less incoming transfers than just about everybody because they have very rigorous academic standards. 
And that's kind of just the way that their program has been built. Dan Hawkins never really was a, a transfer guy. He always wanted to have four-year guys, five-year guys. But I do think that, like, Teddy Buchanan going to Cal, that is way more in the spirit of the rule. Yes. Because I don't think he's leaving because he's like, oh, man, I can't handle a coaching change. He's leaving because he probably graduated with some prominent degree, and now he's going to Cal Berkeley to get another prominent degree, and he's just going to happen to play football in the Pac-12. That is way more in the spirit of the rule, I think. If he graduated and you still have a year of eligibility left, I am totally cool with you going in wherever you want to, to and, pursue. And I've never had an issue with the grad transfer yeah, rule. No, and that's, that's what he's doing. He's grad transferring over to Cal, and, and I think he's going to get a, a shot to play a bunch there, but he, he got some really big offers. Uh, the other one, Shedden James from Idaho State, who led the conference in oh, receiving, yeah, for sure, is in the portal. Among he was a, a first-team all-league selection. Yep, among among a bunch of other Idaho State guys, none of them particularly prominent names. But I've sure. just been I've seen five or six other guys from Idaho State tweet that they're leaving, going into the transfer portal. So not sure what's going on there. Just the regular year after churn with Cody Hawkins coming in, maybe. Well, but I, I would I would say that I think that probably because Charlie. Raggle was such a disaster at Idaho State that probably a lot of guys that might have left because of a coaching change waited for a year because right. it was inevitably going to be better than what they had. But then they found out, okay, well, maybe this isn't the right fit for me, or maybe I need extra playing time, whatever. There's a million different reasons you're going to transfer. We'll go into more of that in detail in hour number two, and we'll also talk some more about the Furman Paladins. They are, even though they haven't played Montana in 22 years, they're certainly one of the most tradition, tradition-laden programs in the country. That, that's that's not an exaggeration. I mean, they have 20 playoff appearances and 21 playoff wins. They're sort of the last premier team from the old school SoCon that's left standing. Of course, App State and Georgia Southern both moved up. But Furman, you know, there's a lot of, okay, these guys went here, these guys went here, and, and that's what caused the rise. I mean, the, the cynic in me and the cynic out there in the general could say, well, the rise of the Montana Grizzlies was because of you know an awesome stadium and an awesome coach in Don Reed and an awesome quarterback in Dave Dickinson, but also because of the departure of Nevada, Idaho, and Boise State from the Big Sky Conference. Those certainly contributed to Montana's rise. Cynics could also say, okay, yeah, New Hampshire and Delaware have been all fine and dandy, and, and maybe now um, you know Villanova and New Albany have risen up as the top teams in the Coastal Athletic Association. Well, the cynic would say, yeah, but also James Madison left, so that left the door open. The thing about Furman is Furman has remained great in the SoCon, but they were really good in the SoCon while Georgia Southern and App State were really good. I mean, Furman and Georgia Southern played in an all-SoCon national championship game twice in the 1980s, so uh, Furman has great program tradition, so we'll talk about uh, the Paladins a little bit as well today, and uh, we'll also hear from Keelan White. He's a junior wide receiver for the Grizz. He scored a 55-year, uh, 55 55-year, 55 yeah, 55-yard touchdown last uh, week uh, in Montana's 49-19 win over Delaware. And uh, he's also happens to be my nephew Ellis's favorite player. Keelan White was Ellis's coach at Grizz Camp, and that's what's so fun about you know the little kids, right? Like when I was a kid, when Jason Crebo was wearing number 37 for the Grizz, if you would have said. Who's better, Lawrence Taylor or Jason Kreba? I would have said, man, it's, t- it's pretty pretty close. It's a tie. <laughs> you just think these guys are awesome. Like right now, if I ask my nephew who's better, Keelan White or like Stephon Diggs, he'd be like, hmm, 
I don't know. He would contemplate. You, you, you think these guys are heroes when you're seven years old. So uh, it is pretty cute. And uh, Keely White's just an all-around great guy, and he's uh, fulfilled his potential and then some this year for the Montana offense. So he'll join us a little later on for our Grizz Star of the Week. So there you go. That's the longest show outlook in the history of Nuanas now. He gave you a little mini segment on all the different things we're going to talk about. If you want to be a part of the show, please do. 406 888 1029. That's 1029. All guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. You can call and or text that number. And uh, of course, you can always stream the show, ESPN MT app, as well as 1029ESPN.com. And uh, you can always, of course, watch us on SWX Montana Television. The uh, And of course, always on the ESPN MT app. And if you, you can always, of course, listen on 102.9 ESPN Radio. We have stuff to give you as well. We have um, football tickets give, coming up. We also have a, a couple pairs of tickets to the T.J. Miller Show, which is a comedy show coming up here in Missoula. And we also have some free Tagliari, Tag Tuesday, back in full force. So stay tuned for all of that as well. You're going to need to remember that number, 406-888-1029, for all of those fun giveaways. Almost always the lead segment here. On Nuanas Now, on Tuesdays, is our Prep Extra, highlighting some of the best of the best in high school sports. Well, the uh, the high school sports is a little bit thin right now. A bunch of the small schools started hoops. I guess mo- most high schools started hoops over the weekend. But we don't really know much about what's going on because some Teams haven't played at all. Some teams have only played once. There's been some tournaments that have had some round-robin stuff going on. So we'll dive fully into high school hoops next week. Also, PSA, we will be, uh, <laughs> because because I'm so good at planning and so good at taking days off, uh, we'll be off the air December 19th all the way through until right after the new year, December 2nd. So uh, we will have a show. Yeah, I mean, this is wishful thinking, and of course we don't have any rooting interest in any of this, but if I was a betting man, I'd say that I think Montana's going to win against Furman on Saturday, and then they're going to play a, another home playoff game either Friday the 15th or Saturday the 16th, depending on what the NCAA says. So uh, assuming that we will uh, that the Grizz will keep on playing, we will have a Monday show on December 18th. If by chance the Grizz lose, we might redo that and we might just be off the air the 18th through January 2nd. But either way, uh, as always, I got way too many vacation days accrued and it's uh, it's use it or lose it around here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. And I got to send these guys home too, right? I mean, Andrew's from the East Coast. He's got to go back to D.C. That takes a little while. Jeff's from the Bay. He's got to go back to California. So that takes a little while. So uh, no show for sure, December 19th through the December 2nd, or January 2nd, excuse me. So uh, we're winding down to it. We're going to have uh, basically just between, I guess, 9 and 10 more Nuanas Nows for 2023. So that's exciting. But anyways, uh, we love doing our prep extra. We love doing all the uh, high school sports coverage, and we will continue to mostly do that here during Tuesdays. First hour. It's always presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907, and they also are passionate supporters of high school sports, no matter what sporting season it is, all the way across the state of Montana. So, on that note, we're not going to talk prep sports. We're going to talk some more college sports. The, well, you know, there's the old 
the old wives' tale that bad things come in threes. I actually tend to believe that to a relative extent. Except for Montana State, the bad things came in more than threes. First, you had the Bobcat football team getting beat down in Missoula. They lost 37-7 to in the rivalry game. Certainly uh, an exceptional win for the Grizz. An exceptional uh, reinforcement of how hard Montana is to beat at home. Certainly a great performance across the board for Montana. And also, at the same time, an embarrassing performance for Montana State. I mean, they did not show up to the game. There was a variety of different criticisms you could make from, you know, basically folding in the first quarter when the game was so physical and intense to executing poorly to their sideline decorum or lack thereof and the meltdowns they were having there uh, on the sideline to their inability to answer the bill and and, uh, get off the mat. And it all resulted in an absolute beatdown. And then... The hits kept coming for the Montana State Athletic Department across the board. That following weekend, the the Thanksgiving weekend, the Bobcat women's basketball team was in Cancun for their uh, annual preseason tournament. By the way, great scheduling by Trisha Binford. If you're going to take your team uh, away from home and, and spend Thanksgiving weekend away, well, why not go to Mexico or Hawaii? That's what they usually do, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good scheduling on her part. But... Uh, a rough return on that. Lexi Deeden had an awesome weekend in Cancun. She's a Missoula Sentinel grad and a Montana State women's basketball senior. She was the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week coming out of her performances there in Mexico. And she also came back with a torn ACL. So her season is finished. She'll have to wait till next year to play her final year of women's hoops. So that was the second hit. Then uh, the Thursday before the FCS playoffs opened, the men's basketball team, which had previously beaten Cal, a Pac-12 school, they get beat by Rocky Mountain College, which is an NAIA school. That then led into what was one of the most gut-wrenching losses, if you're on the Montana State side of things, that I've ever covered. A phenomenal game, a thrilling game, an unbelievable back and forth, and an unbelievably thrilling win for North Dakota State. But to lose in overtime on a blocked extra point when you got... The perennial power in your house and on the ropes, man. And the fact that the Cats were up 28-21 and, you know, a fourth down that they thought they converted gets overturned during the quarter break going in the fourth quarter. And NDSU rallies back and forces overtime. And, the, you know, the Cats mismanaged their two-minute drill at the end of regulation. And then they scored overtime to what seemingly was the tying touchdown. And then not so much Hunter Pontius blocks the extra point, and the Cats lose by a single point. And then the hits just keep coming. Three offensive linemen from Montana State. Rush Reimer, who's an All-American. Omar Abidion, who is probably going to be an All-American this year. And Jacob Kettles, who's been a starter each of the last two years. Um, He wasn't a first-day starter, but he's filled in at starting positions when they've had injuries. So certainly was... Expected to be at least a contributor coming into next year. All three of those guys into the portal. Now, a part of me wants to think this is a totally isolated couple weeks where you just have a whole bunch of bad performances and bad luck all at the same time. But then a part of me thinks that this is sort of the the yo-yo. It's the pendulum swinging to the other side. And I'm not sitting here willing to say that all of the successes that Montana State had over the last couple years whether it was sweeping the Grizz in basketball for the first time in, in 
a generation or claiming the Great Divide Trophy in the football game in resounding fashion or winning the All-Sports Trophy against Montana or competing for the President's Cup as the top athletic department in the conference, I'm not ready to say that that's been completely washed away by the last couple of weeks. But I do know this, when the hits keep coming, you got to stop the bleeding. Athletic departments are like symbiotic little environments. If you don't think that success breeds success, I, I really don't think that you know how intertwined they can be. Like, does the volleyball team's success trickle into the spring for track and field? I don't know. But the general environment within the walls of an athletic department, especially small schools like Montana and Montana State, I mean, everybody's offices are right next to each other. When there's a lot of momentum internally, you can feed off of that. I think Montana State experienced that exact thing in recent years. If it goes the other way, though, it's certainly, uh, again, I'm not saying that it's the walls are crumbling and the world is over there at MSU, but I do think you got to stop the bleeding. you got to have some form of positivity coming up. Now, the good news is that the, the sports calendar never stops churning, and you have new opportunities to stop the bleeding all the time. The Bobcat basketball teams each play at Washington tonight. I thought that was kind of cool. I hadn't really heard of that in the past where the same school plays a women's and men's basketball doubleheader against the same Power 5 school in money games. So the Cat women will play Washington at 6, and then the Cat men will tip against the Dogs at 9. So, you know, I'm not predicting upsets or anything like that, but it's it's the next opportunity, and that's the good news for these schools is, is they have these next opportunities. There's going to be rivalry games coming down the pipe. There's going to be all these other things. The Bobcat track and field program, they're going to keep on rolling. But you, you just the the result of the football game empowers or uh, infiltrates in some form or fashion the environment of the athletic department in general, right? If you win the football game, that's the number one, boom, feather in the cap that's going to breed positivity within your walls. If you don't have the Great Divide Trophy sitting in your walls, though, how do you then find other ways to form positivity? And I think that that's where Montana State's at right now. I think that they need a little bit of positivity to squell what has been a really tough couple of weeks. Again, Andrew, I'm trying to not make too much of this, but I also do think that there's, there is a sort of a bigger storyline here, especially because, and, and I said that yesterday on the show with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg was in with us yesterday for the, Mont- the Monday afternoon quarterback. When you, when you no-show in Missoula and get absolutely beat down, and then your redemption game ends where you get your heart shattered, that can go one of two ways. You're going to have to answer a bunch of questions all offseason no matter what. How do you take those and run with it? But then you compound it with all these other pieces of bad news there at Montana State Athletics. I don't think it's like completely altering the the destiny of their future yet, but you have to put a stopgap in it to make sure that it doesn't get to that point, right? Right, and the tough thing is that the football team is not going to have another chance That's for right. another full year. I no, mean, yeah, forget right. about right. nine months. You're not right. going to be playing games of this magnitude until the end of the season again next year, and you're going to have to do some work to get yourself back up to the point where a game is going to mean as much as their last two games did. 
That's right. Right? They, <laughs> That's it, right. It puts you below the floor when you lose to the rival like that, and then you lose the playoff game and like it's just, that. It's like salt in the empty wound when you add in you lost to your other rival in Idaho two weeks before that, too. Right. Right. And, and you'll get chances at those games, absolutely. But... Those chances might not come with as much as much stakes as those games had this year. And you're going to have to go through a full off-season cycle before that. I mean, the news coming out of the Montana State football program is probably not going to be good for, I mean, at least until we get to spring ball. Because That's right. we're not going to see the end. We haven't seen the end of, of kids hitting the portal, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so you, you just have to sit and weather that. And you're right. The rest of the athletic department, I'm sitting here with Jeff Safford, like a baseball lineup, the rest of the athletic department needs to pick them up now. Oh, that's right. Right? You, that's right. You got, your, you got your cleanup hitter not hitting. You got the, the biggest program in the building going through a little period of, of depression here. You need everybody else to come up with some good news. When it comes to the, the portal stuff, I got a lot of calls and texts. What the heck's going on at Montana State? Well, I'll say this. I'll say two things. One... I do think that this notion that the FCS and the Big Sky is the minor leagues for the FBS is way overblown, except when it comes to offensive linemen. Because so many schools are using the portal from from the Power Five all the way down to the, the bottom of the FCS. They're using the portal to fortify their offensive linemen. Because offensive line are uh, so... They're so hard to identify... You never know how the development is going to go. So if you know you can get a guy that has already been developed and you can see his upside, those guys are going to be the ones that are on the move before. The other two things I'll add is, one, Montana State has, a, uh, they've already experienced this fully. Like when Jeff Choate first left, Lewis Kidd went to the NFL, Taylor Tuiasasopo graduated, that was two all-big sky guys. Connor Wood, a third multiple-year starter, he transferred to Missouri, and DJ Session, who was a starter as a freshman, he transferred to Cal. Well, what did the Montana State Bobcats do? They rolled out the best offensive line in the big sky. <laughs> and the other thing I'd say is Rush Reimer's a big loss. Rush Reimer, is, uh, he was an All-American as a left tackle, and he was a first-team All-Big Sky guy as a left guard this year. He was recruited by Jeff Choate. Jeff Choate just got hired in Nevada. Jeff Choate will, will offer Rush Reimer. I don't know if Rush Reimer will make his way to Reno, but Rush Reimer will definitely get recruited by Nevada. So that's that's one thing. The, the other thing is, though, JT Reed was actually the preseason All-Big Sky guard for the Cats, and he hardly played this year because he was hurt. He started over Omar Bedion last year. Now, Bedion certainly developed at a high rate and probably would have overtaken Reed anyways. And then he got Kettles, who was a starter in 2022, because Marcus Weir broke his leg and then was a starter in 2023 because Rush Reimer got hurt and Weir then bumped into guard and they put Kettles out at right tackle. Kettles might be on the move because he might have thought, oh, well, I've gotten my starts, I got my film, but I, there's actually a bunch of guys in the program that might overtake me. So if you look at the returners, Justice Perkins is back at center. Connor Thomas is back at left tackle. This is just for now, but I mean, as of this exact moment, Perkins is an all-big sky guy at center. Connor Thomas was a freshman starter at left tackle. Cedric Jefferson started practicing with the varsity the last month of the year there at Montana State. He's a true freshman because they knew they could not burn his red shirt uh, by, by moving him up. 
And so he might be a prospect that could play on either side. Marcus Weir is presumably back. He's a Billing Central guy, a Montana guy through and through, so I don't expect him to hit the portal. And then Cole Sane was also a starter all throughout 2022. He had a bad injury and then had some complications from surgery. He didn't play at all this year. So if he is so inclined, he might be able to make it his way back as well. So I guess what I'm saying is Reimer's a big loss. Abedion's a big loss. Kettles is a good depth guy. The fact that the Cats could replace those guys with starters like JT Reed, Cole Sane, and um, and then they have other talented young guys waiting in the wings, they've just they've recruited and developed on the offensive line really well. So I can see both sides of it. It's the position that's going to get poached the most by the big leagues. They also have a bunch of guys waiting in the wings to maybe fill into those spots. So all things considered, it's tough to lose multiple all-big sky guys to the portal, especially right after your season ends. I'm not surprised those guys are in the portal, and I'm not that worried about Montana State moving forward. No one's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Treasure State Stars coming up. Some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. The College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony is right now. Uh, coming up later on this evening. If you've ever wondered, this bronze here that we have in the studio, here, I'll move it over a little bit so you can see it a little bit better. That is of uh, former Montana State great who Bill Kohler, who's way more well-known as a 10-year NFL veteran and also one of the great defensive line coaches in uh all the NFL. I mean, Bill Kohler coached everybody from J.J. Watt, Mario Williams, Jadavion Clowney, to Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb. He was in Atlanta during the 1990s and coached some, some studs there, uh, Patrick Kearney being one of them. Then he was with Houston and coached J.J. Watt when J.J. Watt was a three-time defensive player of the year. Coach Clowney, the overall number one pick. Mario Williams, the number one overall pick. And, of course, Von Miller, a Super Bowl MVP during his time under Bill Kohler's tutelage. Bill Kohler, though, one of four numbers at Montana State that's retired. 
And uh, he gets inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame tonight. So that's awesome. Kohler's a, a friend of mine, a friend of the show. Uh, always gracious with his time. Always willing to sit down for an interview. So congratulations to Coach Kohler, first and foremost. But he's also part of an incredibly star-studded class. Uh, I would argue in, in my lifetime that... I would say the two greatest college football players of my lifetime were Tim Tebow and Reggie Bush. And they're both going in, in the same the same class. I'd Jer- say the two most iconic college football players sure. of the last 25 right. years at least. Right, right. The, the day Reggie Bush stopped playing college football, I thought at that exact moment he was the greatest college football player I had ever seen. I am granted not old enough to remember Barry Sanders or Archie Griffin or guys like that. Some people still think that. Reggie Bush was electric. Reggie Bush was... A star among stars, man. Like, Reggie Bush was so sweet. Like, now all the little kids are dressing up as Patrick Mahomes for Halloween. People were dressing up as Reggie Bush when he was a college kid. Like, this guy was a mega star when he was at USC. It was unbelievable. And then Tim Tebow. Of course, I know a lot of people don't like all of his, you know, religious leanings or they think he's annoying because of his, you know, wholesome way of being, which I think says so much more about America than it does about him. But either way, he is absolutely one of the greatest winners in college football history. I mean, how many college football quarterbacks have multiple national championships? Right. I mean, he that's it. It's him, right? And he also was such a smokescreen for all the other crazy stuff that was going on down at Florida. So uh, congratulations to Coach Kohler, part of a great class. It's Nuwaz now, by the way. Welcome back. ESPN Radio. That's our first Treasure State star, Bill Kohler, uh, inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. Give me the rest of Jerry Macklin, you said, a former Missouri star that went on to be a Philadelphia Eagles star. Who else is going oh, in? There are actually multiple old Philadelphia Eagles guys from my childhood because yeah. Jeremy Macklin, Troy Vincent, and Brian Westbrook are all in this class. All in this class. Wow, a bunch of Eagles guys. That's cool. Where did Troy Vincent go to college? What? Where did Troy Vincent go to college? Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Okay. That That is not on brand. I, I would that, not that, have never registered that. to me either because I only knew him as a Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> yeah, and he was a great defensive back there in Philly. Brian uh, Westbrook was a Villanova guy, right? FCS was a Walter Payton Award winner once upon a time. Correct. Back in back in the early 2000s, uh, Eric Berry is in this class. Dwight Freeney is in this class. Where did Eric Berry go? Purdue? Is that right? Eric Berry went to Tennessee. Tennessee. I actually knew that. Okay. Dwight Freeney, Syracuse, right? Yep. Robert Gallery is in this class. Wow. Big offensive tackle. Funny. Funny how if if we hype up guys to a certain point, then when they don't go to like the Hall of Fame, we consider them failures. Like Robert Gallery was a just fine offensive lineman. Wasn't he like the number two overall? He was pick the number two the overall pick with the Raiders, and he didn't become a Hall of Famer, so we thought he was a flop, even though he started in the NFL he for like a, yeah, he was a good NFL player eight to ten years probably. So, uh, Lamichael James. Woo, who's Jeff, like a Jeff cla- Safford shout out classic college name. Uh, Derek Johnson. Oh, Derek Johnson. Paul Johnson, the longtime Georgia Tech coach. Uh, uh, also Keith the longtime Lee. Georgian Southern coach as well. Paul Johnson won multiple national championships at Georgia Southern before going to Georgia Tech. Luke Keekley is in this class. Mm, Keekley went to, where did Keekley go? Boston College. Oh, but BC, I knew that. Yep. Uh, Terrence Mathis, who you wouldn't get this one. Terrence Mathis went to New Mexico, which I had no idea. Hmm. Uh, Bryant McKinney is in this class. Mark Ooh. Richt. Brian McKinney was, I remember the Sports Illustrated article on him when he was about to get drafted out of Miami, and they said that his hand was literally longer and wider than a catcher's mitt. Whoa. And the scouts were, like, so amazed by this. And so I remember being a kid and being like, 
Well, my catcher's mitt is like giant. So how does this guy have these hands? I guess that's what happens when you're 6'8", 350 like Brian McKinney was. Complete, though. yeah, complete physical freak. Uh, and D'Angelo Williams, the old Memphis running back, is in this class. A mm. couple of other uh, people. Uh, Michael Bishop, the old Kansas State quarterback. Ooh, Michael Bishop was a good one. Really fun on video games. They're bringing the video game back. I keep mentioning it. They're bringing the video game back next year. I can't wait. <laughs> it's Noah's Valley Spin Radio. Let's do some more Treasure State Stars. Maybe we'll get into some more college football. We will get into some more college football. Maybe some more college football Hall of Fame. Bill Kohler going in, former Montana State alum. He's our first one. Number two, Money Williams. This young man, uh, what a week for him, both triumphantly and tragically. He's a native of Oakland, California. And he scored 21 points and nine rebounds to lead Montana to a win over San Jose State on Saturday. That was after a 15.7 rebound performance against Nevada last Wednesday. He found out following the Nevada game that his father had died. Money Williams named Big Sky Conference Player of the Week this week. The stat line itself is worthy of that, but the fact that he did the 21-9 against San Jose State as a true freshman after learning that his dad had unexpectedly passed away, that's, uh, that's quite a deal for the young man. But he, he told the coaches that he wanted to play. And he wanted to play on his father's behalf. And it's just amazing what humans can do when they channel that sort of energy. Travis DeCure said, It's truly amazing. There's no shortage of words, but I can't come up with the right, the right ones right now. I'm happy for money and his family for that matter. For everyone to acknowledge the performance, given the circumstances, I think it's going to be good for him down the road to have a positive memory alongside such a tough moment. In his life. Amen to that. Um, Brutal for a young man in his first year of college to lose his pops like that, but impressive that he was able to bounce back and have such a great performance. Montana State men's hoops, by the way, is in action tonight against Montana State Northern down there at uh, Dahlberg Arena. Thursday star number three, Daya Uni Boyce. She is a stud at uh, Montana State Billings. She earned Great Northwest Athletic Conference Player of the Week honors. She had 29 points against Alaska Anchorage last week. That was a career high. And uh, the Yellow Jackets breezed past uh, Alaska Anchorage, 83-68. Boyce was 8 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 5 from beyond the arc, and 9 of 10 from the free throw line. She followed that up by scoring 11 points and uh, had a couple rebounds in just 19 minutes as MSUB ran away from Alaska, 88-40. to 40. So, GNAC Player of the Week for uh, Dayauni Boyce. Trevor State star number four, a familiar name in the distance running world. She's a Hardin High School alum and a Rocky Mountain College standout who's now running for Eastern Kentucky. It's Sydney Littlelight. She won the Montana Mile last year. She graduate transferred to Eastern Kentucky, which is one of the great Distance running programs in the country, and certainly the best distance running country or distance running program, excuse me, on the eastern side of the country. She ran the 1,000 meters in two minutes and 49.55 seconds to break the arena record at the Commonwealth College Open indoor track and field meet. Uh, she's from Crow Agency. She was a 10-time All-American at Rocky and was the 1,500 meter national champion in 2022. So now she is. Uh, chasing glory at an elevated level during her final season of collegiate running. Trevor State star number five. We mentioned the Montana State volleyball team earlier, but they beat Sac State for just the third time in their program's history. 
They were into the great eight of the National Invitational Volleyball Tournament. So impressive there. And then Treasure State Star number six. I told you we were going to dive into some more high school hoops uh, probably next week. But on the opening weekend, there was a cool deal up in uh, Browning. The uh, They hosted a Native American Classic. And uh, the Box Elder Indians, they beat Poplar 79-65 behind Trayson Gilets 41 points. So that was the high mark of the opening weekend. There was a whole bunch of 20-point games, none in the 30s, but 41 is an outstanding uh, number in uh, high school girls' hoops. So Trayson Gilet, uh, I think is how you say her last name, from Box Elder. She's got the high water mark here after one weekend of uh, high school basketball in the state of Montana. We'll keep on the hoops train. Little Lady Grizz hoops. Right after this, keep it right here. Oh, that, that is, by the way, our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place to get a loan in western Montana because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Brian Holsinger, Lady Grizz head coach, next. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio. Oh, it's now ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a great week. Good to be live around here. It's been fun. It's been a crazy football season. Absolutely the most uh, challenging from a travel perspective. But, man, it's been great. And uh, I got to say, like I always remind you, I got no rooting interest in any of this. But when... Grizz football team's rolling. It just makes life around Missoula a lot easier, especially when you're heading up ESPN Missoula. And, uh, I mean, what's better? doesn't matter who you root for. What's better than uh, Friday night lights at Washington Grizzly Stadium in December with a team from Greenville, South Carolina coming in? Answer or nothing. It's going to be pretty fun on Friday night. So, uh, hope you've enjoyed it as well. On a non-football note, though, it's also basketball season. First of all, tease for next week. I know we've been kicking this down the road a little bit, but I think it's absolutely worthwhile, and I know that you guys are all going to still want to know. We did our uh, vertical raise, Class AA Players of the Week, all year long. We gave away, I believe, 12 or 13 trophies to various winners from around the high school football ranks in Class AA. That was very fun. Our great friend Pete Hamill spearheaded this idea, and it's been awesome to give it all away. We also had our basketball awards this last uh, year as well. That was really fun, too. So... um, We'll be giving away our yearly awards. We're going to do an Offensive Player of the Year, a Defensive Player of the Year, and an Overall Player of the Year, uh, courtesy of Vertical Rays. Pete's a busy guy. He's been getting all the high school fundraisers for winter sports all cranked up, and uh, he's up in the flathead right now, so he'll be back with us next week. So stay tuned for that next Tuesday. We'll have an elongated uh, yearly awards for uh, Class AA high school football. I know that the uh, championship was a couple weeks ago, but... I know there's still a lot of interest in it, and uh, the thing is, I think that some of the the guys that are going to be winners, we're going to be talking about them moving forward as well, because uh, 
if they're not already committed to colleges, they will be, or uh, they are already committed to colleges, and we're going to be talking about them as they continue their football careers as well. So that part will be fun, too. Time now for our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. We're going to hear from Lady Grizz head coach Brian Holsinger. But why youth sports when the Lady Grizz are playing tomorrow afternoon? Well, that's because a bunch of youths are going to be there watching some sports. It's school day down there at uh, the Dahlberg Arena. 5,800 school children will be in attendance as Montana takes on Loyola Marymount. It's an 11 a.m. tip. Here's some thoughts of Brad Holsinger about school day as well as on his Lady Grizz basketball team. Well, first of all, excited about football. Uh, to be at home again is fantastic. Are you kidding me? But, um, yeah, big week for us. First time all year uh, that we get to play two games in one week. <laughs> We've only played one game a week in all of November, and so that was a little weird, um, of course. But to get to play two games, uh, the game, the school day game, just really – uh, awesome opportunity to reach out to the community. Uh, we love doing it because to get 6,000 young kids here cheering, it's a little bit crazy, but it's so awesome as far as outreach, and our program is about outreach. And so the opportunity to be in front of that many kids, and, and especially just from all around this this area, is really special, and it's cool to give back, and the kids have fun, and hopefully we'll have fun. We'll see how that goes, but uh, that's always a big day. And then obviously a, a really big game, uh, both are big, but on Saturday against a really good pick second in the Mountain West Colorado State team who's undefeated, one of only a few teams, 30 teams, I think, in the country that's still undefeated. Just given the your schedule, not only the not playing that often, but also either Mountain West or NAI, is it, how would you sort of just evaluate where your team's at right now? Yeah, it, it's funny because we, we actually scrimmage against our guys' team. We have a scout team, and... Uh, you know, I we smashed them, which I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. Is it bad for the guys or good for us? I don't even know. But there's just things that you, you can't replicate when it comes to game time. And for us, we're, we're continuing to try to get better with just practicing so much, um, trying to keep it fresh, trying to keep it fun, trying to keep them engaged is the biggest thing. How much better we're getting? I mean, I think we're getting better, no question. Uh, just smoother, just everything's executing a little bit better. Some of the little things that come out in games I think we'll find out on Wednesday where we're at with some of those things um, but I, there's no question we're getting better and more comfortable especially with six new players um, you can see the transfers start to just slowly start to feel really comfortable Maggie is, is obviously shot the ball really well and she's a great shooter but she didn't feel comfortable the first few games and she's kind of getting in her groove and MJ too we're just a lot more consistency in practice in different positions lineups all those things when it comes to this role definition, is that, I mean, is it difficult for you as a coach to try to figure out who's going where when you haven't played that much? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you're right on. I mean, you know, we started MJ at one spot, and now we've moved to a different spot on defense, which has really been a huge factor after those first two games. And she's somebody who we want on the other team's best player. Uh, just causes havoc for that person, and not they're not comfortable all game. And so those are the things we kind of figured out as we went. Uh, still figuring out bench, you know, where does that fit? I mean, we have, you know, a ton of players off the bench that are really good. So Gina Markson could start for a lot of people, and she's coming off the bench playing really good. And Libby Stump obviously has shot the ball particularly well early in the season but she's ready to have a breakout and so yeah I mean we're still figuring it out I you know I think that over the next you know five or six games that we'll play I think those will iron out but we're definitely moving along you showed such a great ability to create shots for others against Dickinson State how do you translate that now against division one opponents yeah, I mean, th- we try to get good shots, right? So you're just you're just constantly seeking out good shots. You know, even at Grand Canyon, we got great shots. You know, it's a 
quality Division One opponent down there. And, you know, they've held teams to 40s and other Division One teams in the 40s, and we scored 76 down there. And so we're learning what a good shot is for everybody. Uh, some of the freshmen are slowly learning. Um, but everybody else is, you know, we love inside-out threes, we love layups, and we love free throws. And so we're trying to constantly hound them to get those kinds of shots. Um, and we have good, talented offensive players. They think every shot's a good shot. Well, you know, the truth is it's not. And so they're learning those truths uh, every day. I guess just more, I guess more in depth about um, the Loyola Marymount. I guess what, what does this team do well? What makes them tick? I guess what do you see in this in this team before you face them on Wednesday? Yeah, Erica Hughes is their head coach, and her and I were in the Pac-12 for a long time together. She was assistant at uh, USC for a long time, and I've known her. And she was a kid from Oregon, and I'm a lot older than her, but don't tell. But she uh, she's done a good job. It's her third year as well, same as us, and and it's got some mix of transfers. They do have a really athletic team. They have a, a transfer from from USC, Amaya Oliver, who's a really good player, really athletic and big and strong. And so they have some really, they have a bunch of pieces as well. You know, they, they start off slow. They've gotten, they played South Dakota last night really tough, uh, lost in overtime to South Dakota at home. And so it's not going to be an easy game by any means. She's, she keeps improving the program. Uh, they have legit Division One players all over the floor. And, and uh, so it'll be a good challenge for us. Yes, one game ahead. Also the same question about Colorado State. I mean, you don't go undefeated for no reason, I guess. What makes this team so good? What makes them one of the few teams that are undefeated this year? And I guess what's the what's going to be the challenge for that team on Saturday? Yeah, the Mountain West is a good good league, right? The Mountain West is a good league. UNLV's picked number one for obvious reasons. They've been dominant. Um, but... Colorado State, Ryan's done a good job. They have a little point guard from Minnesota who's who's really good. Um, she's averaging, I think, 20 points a game and close to 10 assists. I mean, she's just, she's she's like five foot. I mean, I think it says five three, but she's just tiny, but she is really good. Um, and then they put a bunch of shooters around her. They're not real, they're not real big, but they just spread you out and they kind of play an interesting system that makes it tough. Uh, they went down to UTEP and, and played down there and came back and won a close one down there, which is a really hard place to play. So they're not they're not afraid of any any kind of place. They're pretty very veteran as well and so the expectations and you know in Gre- uh, not Greeley I guess it's what just right next door but, but Fort Collins is is high there and so it's not surprising that they're they're undefeated um, excited about the opportunity challenge to to get them here at home uh, we went down there last year and we have it'll be a good uh, test for us to see where we're at well Marymount tomorrow 11 a.m. at Dahlberg Arena then Colorado State 7 p.m. on Saturday night down there at Dahlberg Arena Lady Grizz Continue their really impressive uh, non-conference schedule. You wondering what to give your loved ones for Christmas? I got a great idea. Go down to Tagliari Deli. They got two locations. One, corner of Beckwith and Higgins, one in the Sawmill District. And put together a little gift basket. They got all sorts of Italian-style goods. Olive oils, balsamics, wine, pasta, pasta sauces, Unbelievable. We got a whole bunch of new cookies in there I was looking around at the other day. Shocking, I know. I go in there all the time. Uh, but make yourself a little gift basket and uh, then give it to one of your loved ones. If, if I got wine and olive oil, hint, hint, family, in a basket with some pasta and some pasta sauces, I'd just be happy as a clam. I don't need any more books or any more socks. Something I could eat that then doesn't take up space in my house because I ate it? Primo. Take Larry Deli's got you covered. Go check them out. Either they're two... Uh, locations. And if you want free tag, call right now. We got $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Deli. Call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number four, free tag. Tag Tuesday, every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. 
Our one in the books, our two coming at you. Coaching carousel still churning. So is the transfer portal. And we got our greatest star of the week. It's all next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 